Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team, and by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. Now your hosts, Christy Scales and Brad Shea. And welcome everybody, it's Victory Monday. It's Victory Monday and we are at Concrete Cowboy uh, at the Star District in Frisco and uh, we're, we are delighted to that the word is starting to get out now that uh, we're out of the studio. So you are welcome and encouraged to come back here. The Victory Monday Club is back. It's great to see you folks. Great to see a lot of uh, people who we have seen through the years at these Cowboy Hours. Um, tonight, we're going to have a real dilemma because our guest is... Dorrance Armstrong off to another tremendous start. The Cowboys defensive end. And the, the reason I say we're going to have a dilemma is I don't know whether we're going to spend more time talking about the Cowboys defense or the University of Kansas Jayhawks, <laughs> which as a Missouri alumnus pains me greatly, but we'll... That's neither here nor there. Uh, we will talk about that. But, D.A., thanks for coming, man. No problem. No Appreciate problem. it. Uh, so we're delighted to have all of you with us wherever you're listening uh, and whenever you're listening, for that matter, on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And uh, those of you who are watching us streaming whenever you're watching on DallasCowboys.com, that's what the little black box is for. So wave to everybody. Thank you for joining us on uh, the interwebs. And I also want to say before I forget, uh, because uh, we'll be switching co-hosts next week. So this is Christy Scales' last Cowboy oh. Hour of the year. Oh, man, I better order the Tower Stack burger tonight then. You know, they pile it up with onions. Is here. that an option? Uh, uh, onion rings here at is Concrete that an Cowboy. Absolutely. Let's have several. Yeah, all right. How many of those do you need, D.A.? Uh, just one. Just one, okay. <laughs> let's, let's get that out here. Um, but with, thank you for, for uh, doing this. It's always great working with you. I get to do it every Sunday. And... Uh, it's been great for uh, to have Christy here, and uh, and it's really really fun. It's Victory Monday, by the way, everybody. Victory Monday. Sometimes you got to wake them up a little bit. How is Dorrance Armstrong? How is Victory Monday different for the players early in the season? Man, we 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 love to have Victory Monday. Obviously, it's something that everybody looks forward to. Uh, just not having to come in on uh, Monday and actually have a work day. We just come in, lift, watch the game, and get to go back home and rest. But um, I feel like every Victory Monday is the same. You know, it's no different from the beginning of the year to the end. So, the, so the, the first, after the Tampa game, what did you do on Monday? What did you all do, not just you? What did everybody do on Monday? Ooh, you're taking me back now. Um, just three weeks. Through weeks a lot. <laughs> um, okay, I, I hear you. I wish I could recall, but uh, I mean, but so, but on uh, when you win, almost always, if it's especially if it's a seven-day week, he's going to declare it Victory Monday, and so you don't have. Do you have, you have meetings? No, we don't have anything except for day. except for a lift. Not even. So, so did you go lift today? I did today. We didn't have Victory Monday today. Oh, you didn't? No, we didn't. Why? I wish I had the answer to that. <laughs> wow, you need you need Christy to speak to Mike about I, that. Yes, we so, can we can take care of that. No we, problem. We need an answer. Yeah. No, <laughs> I I have a question though because you because Mike McCarthy's staff it's the second one that you've been under here with the Cowboys. 
And I wonder if coaching staffs in the NFL, are they harder on you sometimes after a win and easier on a loss in a way? Because they're trying to temper things. You know, you're on a three-game win streak. And I'm going way back now, but Bill Parcells, you know, it always seemed like he rode the guys harder after wins than he did losses. Um... If anything, I would say he just wants us to stay on our toes and not get comfortable. Right. That would be the perfect way to explain that. I see. Mm -hmm. And then the old adage that we hear about the 24-hour rule, that whether it's a win or a loss, 24 hours, celebrate or have a pity party and then put it in the rearview mirror and look ahead to the next game. Uh, do players really follow that 24-hour rule? Ah, it's hard. It's, it's really hard, especially if there's, you know, you know plays that you just easily left out there on the field. But, uh, you know, you got to get you got to let it go, you know, move on to the next week and be ready to go out there and make, make plays next week. So are you beating yourself up over a play that you uh, missed yesterday? I uh, mean, that was a great defensive effort limiting the commanders to 10 points. But, yeah, is there something you look back or last night you're trying to sleep and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it right now, and I'm still kind of feeling it. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, would you like to share what it was? Just just the sacks at the end of the game. Um, mm -hmm. That was it. You know, everybody thirsty for the sacks. So um, just missing them, and they were right there. But now uh, we'll get better. We'll find ways to so, get better. So there, apparently there's a number of you who uh, I, I'm guessing that uh, it sounds like uh, – Number 11 takes it personally if he doesn't get a couple. <laughs> Absolutely. He is now, he now I think, is of the opinion that he's, he is supposed to get some. And so when he doesn't, uh, now he's gone two weeks, so I think everybody's over him now a little bit maybe. No. Uh, <laughs> they definitely still got their eyes on him. Uh, have you noticed as he draws more attention, he had three people on him sometimes yesterday. As he draws more attention, how does that impact other guys around him. You just open up uh, more opportunities for everybody else. And uh, if you stay uh, um, on top of your attention to details and know your assignment, then that's your, your play to make. So um, did you guys feel like there were a lot of sacks left on the field yesterday? Absolutely. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, now here's one thing. Those intentional grounding penalties, so Wentz was penalized twice for that yesterday. I think statistically, the closest defender should get credit for a sack on that, don't you think? I mean, or what? I don't know. I would think that as a defensive end, that you or no? I'm gonna say. I, I thought nah. you jump on we that just, right away. We just got to get him down. I just okay. then, no. That just makes it clear and, and simple. To what you don't the sack want the is. ball out of his hands. No, you want everybody he, to yeah, see. he got to have it. He got to have it. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like to? Uh, and if you don't, how about some of? your buddies uh, like to talk to a guy after you've taken him down? Anybody ever have anything to say to somebody? Um, I can't recall. I don't know. I just think it depends on how intense the game is. You know, if we're winning we up and we're still getting sacked and nobody cares about him, but like, if it's a close game and we get into him, especially if he's talking to us, but that's not I, I feel like we don't really get that. People don't really talk to us. I mean, quarterbacks all. don't do too much yeah, of that, they, do they? Yeah, no, they don't really say much. They Even kinda, Aaron Rodgers doesn't? I Tom Brady? I, I mean, he can be kind of I think it just hippie. depends on the, the person who he's talking to. I'm not a type of person that just want to talk, but I've seen Tom talk to Dono, so I, that really? was pretty intense. Okay, okay. 
Yeah. Okay. What about yesterday? It was interesting because um, the starting center, and they'd only been there for a week and a half, but for the Washington Commanders was Nick Martin. That's Zach's younger brother. Mm -hmm. So were you guys aware of that, that you were going against Zach's little bro yesterday? Absolutely. And were there any words exchanged? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, Zach, Zach's an amazing player, so you would, you would assume his brother has some of that in him too. So uh, whatever we can't give off to Zach, we're gonna, we were trying to make sure we gave it to his brother. <laughs> I, I texted Zach, um, I guess, uh, Thursday night, uh, and I said, will, you, uh, will there be any trash talking between you and your brother during the week? He said, no, he's got enough problems. He just, <laughs> he just got there. He Especially he going against their front, he against the Dallas front. He doesn't need to hear from me. Uh, so, Christy asked you a minute ago about how uh, Mike McCarthy is after a, a win versus a loss. Tell us about Dan Quinn. Every defensive player we've been able to talk to for the last two years gives him most of the credit for putting you guys in position to play the way you have. Let's start with that. Do you Are you on that train? Absolutely. Be and what is it about him? Man, he, he just knows how to lead a pack. You no, know, he's a phenomenal leader. Um, and guys buy into what, what he wants us to do. And that's the most important part. Um, after you get everybody to do that, then everything just falls in line. And so what's he like after a win as opposed to after a loss? Um, most importantly, he's going to keep it honest with us. Um, um, he's going to tell you what it is, and he's going to tell you what it ain't. But um, that's just that's good. I mean, we need that. We need the, somebody to tell us what, what we did wrong and what we did right head on. And so... Um, when he says it, we fix it, and then we just keep getting better. I'm, I'm guessing his pedigree is such that when he got here at the beginning of last year, in the offseason before last year, he probably talked to each player individually. Did he, did he spend any time with you saying, this is, this is what I see when I look at you, this is what I think you're capable of, and kind of set new standards for yeah. you? Yeah, he did. He, um, for me, it was you know, just go out there and be a dominant player Effect, effective pass rush and in uh, and, and the run and um, like that's I don't know for a D lineman that's what a D lineman job you know um, so um, everybody accept their role that he that he gave them I don't know what everybody did but everybody accept their role and they're willing to do what they have to do to help this team win. So was it affirmation of what you had already thought of of yourself and your skill set and your role or? Um, did he also maybe challenge you the, the way that you guys have such great versatility uh, the your front guys there but was there some of that as well when you met with coach Quinn mm -hmm. um, yeah it was a little uncomfortable for me at the beginning because it was I never played in the inside or anything mm -hmm. like that and just some of the things that he had me doing I, I had never really done like consistently so I'll have to just get a feel for it. Um, it was a lot of learning last year, but this year uh, we, we, we did our learning last year. Now we're just trying to build on our foundation and, and just stack those days. All right, we're going to build on that uh, when we come back and talk to Dorrance Armstrong, such an important part of the Cowboys' defense. And we are at Concrete Cowboy at uh, uh, the Star in Frisco. And by the way, we are here each Monday night at Concrete Cowboy for the rest of the month of October until Halloween. Halloween, we're going to move right downstairs to Kane Rosso. But the rest of the month of October, so come on, we're out on the patio. It's, it's great. Beautiful. They got Perfect. screens everywhere. And what was the name of that burger? 
Oh, the tower stack. The tower or, stack. Or do the giddy up sampler. So you that's a little, a little bit, bit of everything. You know a little bit of everything. Way too much about this. We need this. to order one. We'll get one during the commercial. All right. You, All right. you know way too much about this for my comfort level. But uh, we'll be right back with Dorrance Armstrong on the Cowboys Hour. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. And you can get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey 
Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Christy Scales alongside Brad Sham. We are here at the Concrete Cowboy at the Star in Frisco, and our very special guest this week is Cowboys defensive end Dorrance Armstrong, number 92. And we want to thank our fans for coming out. I see a couple of Dorrance Armstrong uh, practice jerseys that I know that they're going to have uh, autographed tonight. And I see some of our young fans dressed as Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. So, And I see lots of merch out there. So thank you all for coming out tonight. But uh, Dorrance, we were talking about some of the different roles uh, along the defensive line. And one of the packages, and I, I assume that Dan Quinn came up with this name. If not, please tell us who. But can you tell the listeners what is the NASCAR package? Um, it's, it's usually for third down situations. So uh, when you see a, a new group of guys come in for third down, that was usually the NASCAR group. Because it's fast and you're going to get off fast and go right after the quarterback. Yeah, and we so, know it's a pass. It's so, so you know it's a pass game. And so, uh, and excuse you, you me, being, it's called NASCAR because it's, suppo- it's supposed fat. to be guys going fast. Right. Fast, right? right. Absolutely. And so, so you as a tall, lean defensive end often move inside. So instead of the shorter, heavier defensive tackle, so you're moving inside there. Uh, how big a deal is that? What is it a little bit of a different skill set when you're rushing from the inside as opposed to lined up outside? Um, I would like to say you can be a little bit more patient than on the outside. Um, the, gu- the guards are less athletic than the tackles, so it's, a, it's pretty much a mismatch as we look at it to put our ends on the guards and put our big guys on the end. But, um, yeah, just a mismatch for our ends to their guards. I'm, I'm fascinated by you thinking about the first conversation that you had with Dan Quinn last year when he said, okay, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm seeing a guy who in – pass rush situations can really make a mark inside where you've never played. How did he sell you that? What did you say to him? I just, I pretty much just accepted it. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't know what to expect. Um, And I was just like, okay, let's just, let's just see how it goes. Did he know that you'd never done that? Uh, I don't think so. And you didn't volunteer it? No. No, I just tried my best to make it look like I knew what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> so, Dorrance, we're going to move you inside. Yes, sir, you are. You bet you're moving me inside. Absolutely. And and who did you so – you had to talk to somebody who had done it, maybe D-Law, somebody who had done it for some help on, okay, what what do I do here? Um, I just – I kind of just talked to everybody about just, like, what it feels like. And, and it wasn't just help from him, but, you know, it was – Guys like Osa, Tristan, the guys that's there that actually play it, and that I just was able to get their perspective from it, and just just see how they see it, and just work how I work from it. So now I'm hearing you describe rushing against a tackle versus rushing against a guard, and I'm wondering now if you're disappointed when you don't get to the NASCAR package on a pass rush, and you have to be outside. It sounds like you'd almost rather be inside sometimes. Yeah, man, I like to better myself on the inside. Take us inside the room, the D-line room. Uh, Dan Quinn does a lot of hands-on things, we know, with a defensive line. But Coach Dirty 
And then, of course, Leon Lett. I think a lot of Cowboy fans remember Leon Lett from the three Super Bowls from the 1990s and what a great defensive tackle he was. But he has been an assistant defensive line coach for so many years with the Cowboys and for your entire career. Is he kind of the sounding board for you guys at times? Or what's that dynamic when you have the, the two different coaches for the same position group? Um, it always helps to have an extra set of eyes. Um, both of those guys do an amazing job of keeping our guys ahead of things and just pointing out things that we don't see. So uh, they, are, they really complement each other. Let's go back some. Because um, you are now a, an accomplished player with some skins on the wall. You've got a pedigree. You've got a second contract. That's a big deal to a lot of guys, right, getting mm -hmm. the second contract? Absolutely. Um, so you come here, fourth round pick, is that right? Yes. From the University of Kansas, and a different system, different coordinator, different everything. What were your expectations for your NFL career when you were drafted and with what they told you when you got here? Honestly, I had never... Um I had never not played as much as I didn't play my my rookie year um, in my life. Honestly, high school, college, anything like that. I was always on the field. So when I got to the league and I wasn't playing, I was it was weird. It felt funny. Uh, I, I I couldn't believe it. I had to really sit back and like learn a lot and realize that. Uh, to me, myself, personally, that honestly, at the time, I really wasn't ready. So um, just sitting back watching D-Law and a lot of the guys that have that been here in front of me, um, it really helped me and shaped me to who I am today. Um, there's been a lot of guys come through here, and just it's just all helpful. Uh, the fact there's been a lot of guys come through here who aren't here anymore, but you are, what's that tell you? I like to say that I'm special, and uh, I feel like if, if um, maybe if I believed in myself earlier, then that could have been something that happened earlier. But I was, I was so caught up in, you know, you know what I'm saying, like the guy, the actual guys who they were. Like I didn't know who D Law was when I got here, um, but I learned who he was, watched how he played, liked how he played. I liked to see how he played, and then Robert Quinn, guys like that. I was just, I was still kind of a fan of those guys. I've always watched. Robert Quinn as a kid, so I knew who he was, knew what he was capable of, but I was just still in shock for a long time. But um, opportunity presented itself for me to be on the field, and I'm able to show what I've learned for those people. Uh, Brad mentioned you getting a second contract from the Cowboys, and, and I think that a lot of fans maybe don't appreciate what that means for a player. And just so folks know, um, unless you're a first-round pick, uh, that means that the team has a fifth-year option on you uh, if you're a first-round pick. But other rookie contracts, it's four years. And then after that, there are so many players in the NFL that are not offered a second contract mm -hmm. by the same team. Of course, your, your rookie class, it's Leighton Vander Esch, and so he resigned. He's on a one-year. He's fifth-year. Michael Gallup, uh, Dalton Schultz. But w what did it mean to you to get that two-year deal uh, and knowing that you're going to stay here. Well, that meant everything. Um, 
I promise you, I really don't ever want to have to leave Dallas, but um, I feel like I'm at home. By the way, did you ever think you'd say that growing up in Houston? No, absolutely not. Okay, just, just <laughs> for the record. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, everything. My family has always been Cowboys fans. So um, it, it was even a blessing just to come here as drafted here, and then re-signing was even more crazy. So. Um, no, it was a dream come true. Yeah, North, North Shore High School, right? Mm -hmm. That's the same as Andre Girard, by the way. Right. So, yeah, did yeah. you know that he had, had mm -hmm. gone there yeah. and stuff? Uh -huh. so, so when you're picked in the fourth round and your family's big Cowboy fans, I mean, what, what was that like? Um, that, that same night, it was a party, and it was all blue and silver. <laughs> it, it, was, it was decked out blue and silver. So did you have cowboy jerseys growing up and the sheets and the pillows nah, and nah, 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 the I little hutch uh, uniform that for the little kids and nah, stuff I, like I that? I didn't have that. I, I didn't have a favorite team back then. What? No, no. I just no. I just watched it. Huh. Okay. Uh, did and you, you watch players? Some guys who yeah. don't have favorite teams have favorite players. You uh, mentioned you watched Quinn. Yeah, I used to watch Quinn a lot when he was with Miami. And I mean the Rams. But uh, other than that, he he's like probably one of the oldest guys I can recall on. So um, I, I'm a big baseball fan. You baseball fan at all? Uh, I love the sport, but I don't really keep up with it. I, I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, but I hate the baseballization of football by overemphasizing statistics. Because there's a lot of tricked up statistics to me. And, and statistics in football at most positions don't tell you everything. But it's interesting. Having said that, when I'm looking at your career statistics, it's really interesting. Now, you may tell me some of this is Dan Quinn, and you may tell me some of this is getting over that first year where you questioned whether you belong. But so the first, your first three years, um, you only started three games, but it's really how many snaps you're playing, not how many games you start. But your first three years, you had 15 tackles, 16 tackles. Then it jumped up to 33, and then up to 37 last year. Okay, that, that's nice. Sacks, you went from half a sack to two sacks to no sacks to five sacks. And you've already got three this year, right? Uh, tackles for, I mean, the quarterback, pre quarterback pressures. That's one I do kind of try to keep an eye on a little bit. Although it's somewhat subjective. Six, nine, eight. 22. So you're clearly something is trending for you as these years go along. Tell us about all that. Um, just the the sense of urgency of wanting to actually be on the field. Um, what it takes to actually have want them to trust me to be on the field. Um, knowing my assignment, um, having my teammates trust me. All that build up into this moment, actually, how they how they look at me now as a player. Um, the work in the offseason I had to put in, uh, everything just ties into uh, being able to be put on the field. It's a lot that comes with it, but um, if you don't work for it, you won't get it, um, or you won't have it long. So uh, for me, it was just the work, the work at the essential urgency, um, especially that contract year. I knew I wanted to be back. Um, here with the boys, so the amount of work I had to put in in that offseason, just, it just all transferred over to the season. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about what transpired 
And then, I, I mean, I've got to give you a chance to talk about the University of Kansas. Your, your team is having it. It's like its best year in many, many years. Many years. Are, and you follow them pretty yeah, close? I have been lately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, another front runner, just like everybody else. Doris Armstrong is our guest. We're at Concrete Cowboy uh, at the uh, Star in Frisco. Come on out, meet Dorrance, uh, and enjoy the ambiance out here on the patio. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
Supported by Albertsons. The Cowboys Hour is also supported by Lucchese, the official boot maker of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Christy Scales along with co-host Brad Sham welcoming Cowboys defensive end Dorrance Armstrong to the Cowboys Hour presented by Miller Lite. And, and, Dorrance, and by the way, before, yeah. before I forget, excuse me, but uh, since all of you are back and we're happy to have you, yes, you'll get a chance to ask Dorrance a question. Joe Trahan from the Cowboys public relations staff is going to be Vanna White and walk amongst you with uh, the microphone. So when we get to that part of the show, if you got a question for Dorrance, hold your hand up and Joe will come find you. Sorry. Yeah, no, we just, uh, no, we were talking about Dorrance's Kansas Jayhawks, and I, I can't believe I'm asking this question, but Brad, what do the Kansas football Jayhawks have in common with Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State? They are all five and zero. Oh. Yeah, good. Unbelievable. Great. Unbelievable. That's no, just I mean, fine. Now, when when you went, let's you, just you, call you, Dorrance you out. Dorrance, yeah. Dorrance is his own team's front runner, right? <laughs> right. For all right, how did you? How do you go from Houston to the University of Kansas? Uh, that's the only place I had took a, a official visit to. I had played basketball out of high school, so a lot of that time, I was in. The, I was playing basketball. I had basketball games, so. Yeah, that's the only place I took a visit to. Are you a better football player? Were you a better football player than a basketball player? Yeah, I've always been a better football player. Because now if you told me you, you took a basketball visit to Kansas, now I'm impressed. No. Well, no. <laughs> no. I didn't have that in when, there. When, when did you know that, that football would be your ticket, so to speak? Uh, when I didn't get any scholarships in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if, if you'd have had a choice back then, no, which one of you? I wasn't going to choose basketball. Because? I, didn't, I just played basketball just for the fun of it. Uh, a lot of the guys that I went to high school with, I grew up with as, like, friends, like four. So I've always known them. We always played sports together. And we won state my junior year. Then I just tried to come back my senior year and do it again. But it was just for the fun of it overall. And and what then, was the what was the I'm sorry what was the appeal about Kansas other than the fact that they offered you? Uh, I mean, because they weren't exactly on a winning tear when no, you came out of high school. No, they wasn't. But um, I had never been to Kansas. I'd never been to Lawrence, Kansas. Never even heard of it. But when I got there, it just felt like peace. You know, uh, it was quiet. It was nobody people, bothered you. Yeah, nobody bothered you. People nice. Uh, it just was peaceful. I loved it. Um, I just, I got away and was able to focus on myself for a little minute and, and it worked out how it should have. And when you first moved to Dallas, what was the, the feeling? Um, I was, I was kind of nervous. I was, it was more responsibilities on my life that I, that I really didn't know of and didn't know how to handle so I, I was still I was really adulting and I yeah, had yeah. to figure out on my own so yeah so nervous uh, nervous about being an adult and and, yeah. and that and, and less so about the football part of it or, mm -hmm. or yeah like mm -hmm. for example like buying a house or stuff like that I didn't even know like refrigerators and couches cost as much as it did <laughs> like oh my gosh but yeah stuff like that yeah, yeah, having to like write checks for insurance and things like that. I mean, that's yeah. uh, it's so adult. It's still depressing, even at my age. It's like I, I still don't feel like you know we're getting used to it. But um, how has it been in terms of people as you've advanced through your career? 
people recognizing you and interacting with fans and just what it's like as a Dallas Cowboy because these road games and just the way that the team has has supported um, you know the franchise and the players personally um, honestly I get to walk around and I feel like people don't notice me uh, I enjoy it I don't really care I don't really do I mean they know well, you're, they, wear, they you're know, wearing sunglasses so they, they that know helps. D-Law, right yeah, they yeah. know they know Trayvon now yeah Probably no. Micah probably can't go to the mall. Yeah, and if I do, I probably look like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dorrance is wearing his sunglasses uh, tonight, but that's because we're on the patio and we're getting ready for a beautiful sunset. No, that's because so. he's just cool <laughs> like that. He just walked like that. Okay, uh, are, when did you start following your college football team again, front runner? I'm not going to say I didn't follow them. I'm always like keep up with the score and see if they won or lost. No, but all you did was check and see how bad did we lose. I'm not going to say that. I just wanted to see what the I score just was. <laughs> I just said it. You don't oh, have to, man. I wouldn't put you in that position. Man, no, nah, like, nah, that's true. Though. I just checked to see what the score was, but now I kind of like go back and watch the highlights to see how, how yeah. it really happened. Um, you know, they're getting beat like that. Nobody's going to go back and watch the highlights right. of that. So um, just – Watching the highlights now, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, you, you follow Kansas basketball pretty closely? No. No, not no. at all? Even it, though you they, played back in high no, school? No, I'm used to that. They, okay. they do what they do. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Christy said it's Kansas and what, Alabama and? Ohio State, Michigan, those are among the 5-0 and o teams. And it, I think Kansas either ranked 18th or 19th uh, this week in the, like in the top no, top 25. But moving up with a bullet. Have they uh, reached out to you? Come, come on back to campus? No, they haven't. They haven't. <laughs> and and uh, they're, oh, they're playing in Lawrence. They're playing TCU this week, but they're Ooh, playing in Lawrence. That'll be a good game. Because college game day is going to be in Lawrence. I mean, if they were playing here and it was the right time of Saturday, would you go to the game? Yeah, I, yeah definitely. They, it's crazy because – playing TCU when I was there. We always played them good, even though the score would say otherwise. But, you know, it would always be a good game to begin with. But, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know any of those kids there. Actually, I don't know who's the coach. Um, like, it would just be exciting to, to see it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It would be more exciting to see a game in Lawrence because now that they're uh, selling out the stadium. Right. I've never seen that. So, It'll be a nice to feel what that feels like. So what, what was what, it like to play in front of the stadiums you're play, you play in front of in the NFL coming from a big-time college program but one that didn't sell out the stadium? It was mind-blowing, honestly. Uh, NFL stadiums always are just packed out huge. It's more bigger, so it's like more to see. Um, yeah, and the fans are – I'm not going to speak on the fans. They're pretty much the same, but – yeah, just a lot more to be aware of in the NFL situation. What's your favorite place to play other than AT&T Stadium? Hmm. I like I like LA. I yeah. like I like the LA vibe. I like the stadium. I like the turf is nice there. It feels good to me. Yeah, and the inside of SoFi, of course, it's built by the same folks and operated by Legends Hospitality. So, uh, to me, once you're inside, it feels a lot like AT&T mm-hmm. Stadium. That beautiful board that they have that infinity board is really dynamic and and beautiful but uh yeah so i i thought you might say like philly or it was a good crowd in new york uh last monday really because the giants have been down for several years and so 
finally the Giants fans were showing some hope. So it was a little loud. I was expecting more. You know, really? they had the whiteout, and I was expecting it to actually be sold out, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, so, L.A., uh, you know, you're playing there this week. Mm -hmm. How far, by the way, how far ahead do you know the schedule? Um, probably till next week. Okay. I mean, that's what <laughs> a lot of guys, they do that. They got, they've got to concentrate on what's coming up. So the head coach said today that he will watch them tonight. He thinks it's helpful to have the team you're getting ready to play be on Monday night. Did you know they were playing tonight? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he said, no, I mean, I, I'm, a lot of people, a lot of players don't follow it that close. They don't like watching football. It's amazing to me. Do you like watching football? Here and there. Okay. So he said he, McCarthy said he likes when the team you're fixing to play is on Monday night. He said he'll watch it and there's things he can learn. Uh, Dan Quinn said, oh, I'll have it on. I'll sneak a peek when it's third down, but I'll be working and doing other things. Will you watch it at all? Does it make any difference to you in terms of next week's game? Uh, I, I'll watch it and just, just see stuff here and there that I might pick up, uh, you know, as far as, like, third down situations, stuff that give us delta tells when we know it's passed. Um, just a little help, helpful stuff like that I can just give back to the guys. Uh, Coach McCarthy said something in his press conference this afternoon uh, in regards to the defense and giving up less than 19 points or fewer for the first four games and just how incredible the defense has been through the first month of the season. But he called. I want to make sure that I get this exactly right. I wrote down the quote. He says, you want your defense to be the thermostat of the team because the thermostat regulates the game. I don't know if he's used that verbiage with the players before, but what do you think of that as the Cowboys' defense being the thermostat of the team? Um, I, I feel like that, that kind of speaks for itself. It just goes to, to say that we set the tempo of the game from the time it starts to the time it ends, and that's, how we, that's what we preach, and that's how we live by. One of the things that was interesting about uh, the offseason was the, um, you know, the Cowboys tried to get Randy Gregory back. Everybody knows that. Uh, you were teammates, and when he left, they said, actually, we don't know if we could have had them both. We really wanted Dorrance Armstrong. And there was it's, – it's not one for one because they brought Dante Fowler in, but the, there was – did you feel like there was a little more on you, time to pick it up a little bit more since Randy was not coming back? Uh, yeah, it's – kind of what I wanted um, in a lot of my past years to actually just have opportunity to play. Um, and that's just what it was. We were talking about numbers before, so I read some of yours. You guys switch a lot. You're playing inside and that's, the, that's how they do it in the NFL now. But do you have in your mind do you keep track and say I, okay, I've got three sacks. I had five last year. I'm a double-digit sack guy. Do you do that? you play that game in your own head? Mm -hmm. And where, where do you want to get? Um, obviously, uh, double digits itself, but uh, I don't have a number past 10. I feel like anything past 10 is, is, a, is, a, good, is a good year. And if you can do that consistently, it will be even better for you. Um, we have to talk about um, his propensity to block kicks. <laughs> 
We have to talk about that. What an outstanding special teams player he is, period. And you have questions for Dorrance Armstrong. Joe Trahan's got the microphone. When we come back, it'll be all of you and D.A. This is the Cowboys Hour at Concrete Cowboy at the Star District in Frisco. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Supported by Albertsons. 
Cowboys Hour is also supported by Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. I'm Christy Scales along with co-host Brad Sham and our guest on the Cowboys Hour presented by Miller Lite is Cowboys defensive end Dorrance Armstrong, number 92. And we've been talking about the great play of the defense through the first 45 minutes of the show. But as promised, we want to hit on special teams because you have been so key in that. And... Uh, before we talk about some of the things this year, I want to take you back to last year with your first career uh, punt block, and that was against Atlanta last November. Is that is that one of your all-time career highlights? Yeah, I, that was my first one ever. So, uh, yeah, uh -huh. that was, that's, really? Yeah. Did you play teams at Kansas? No. No. And, and I'm sure all. you didn't play teams at, at, in high school. No, 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 no. I wasn't aware of just – how the feeling of that like I never I don't think I've seen it in person in high school or college blocking honestly. a kick you talking yeah, about yeah uh-huh is that how did it compare because not long after that you had your uh, first career touchdown I think that was also get that was against Washington mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. how, how did that compare that was picking up a fumble right yeah uh no the the block the block point was more exciting than the touchdown really yeah wow Huh. Okay. okay so I, I, I will say, just from being the sideline reporter, uh, it's fun to watch the dynamic on the sidelines. And I do find that there's more exuberance overall when it's something on special teams. Am I, am I right no, on you're, that? You're 100% correct. And, and maybe it's because it's a mix. Of, you, you have a mix of offensive and defensive players that are coming together. Maybe it's because... Coach Fossil, Bones Fossil, is the most excitable guy maybe uh, in, in the NFL. But I don't know. It just seems like the as, as tight-knit as the defense is, it just seems like there's something special with special teams. Yeah, with, with all those guys there, it's, like you said, we all come from both sides of the ball. And, mm -hmm. and with special teams being right in the middle of offense and defense, it's one play. Um, it's usually pretty exciting because we, we train for, you know, punt returns, punt blocks, you know, big plays from special mm -hmm. teams. So we're always excited to go try to get a big play. I do have to ask you about one play yesterday in, in the game against Washington, the 25-10 to 10 win over the Commanders, and that is I, I was holding my breath on that one where you came up the middle and made contact with Washington punter Tress Way, knocked him down. The official did throw the flag at first. Picked it up. Were, were you confident that he was going to pick it up, or were you thinking, oh, no, man? No, I wasn't confident, but I also <laughs> felt, I also knew that I didn't hit him. He kind of, like, bounced on his leg again to go into me. So, uh, in my mind, I felt like I was good. But if they would have called it against me, I would have felt like it, was, it mm -hmm. wasn't a good call. It was an Emmy award-winning performance by Tress Way, <laughs> the punter. But, but still, you know, and I could see when the official threw the flag, he kind of dropped it kind of late, and you can – yeah, They're usually more definitive. He yeah. hesitated, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it would have been a five-yard penalty, not a 15-yard penalty, um, you know, in an automatic first down. But I will admit that I was holding my breath for just a moment. Me but too. the thing is, you know, a sack is a great play. Every, people love them. Uh, block kicks feel game-changing, mm -hmm. especially punts. Um, so which is better, blocking a punt or getting a sack? Mm. Uh, a sack because you can get a strip sack and that's better. Than oh, then you can get the ball. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you can get a chance to score your own touchdown off of it too. So. But what did you feel when you blocked that punt last year, and what did you feel on the blocked field goal? Uh, the blocked punt was more exciting because 
for one, just laying out in front of that ball, I didn't know where it was going to hit me at. And I didn't know how it was going to feel. But it hit me, like, right here in my ribs, and I didn't feel it at all. But I felt the, the field goal more. I, I don't know why. I, I guess because it was on my fingers. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. It only hit my fingertips. But, yeah, the block punt was definitely better. Did you have a bruise on your ribs the next nah, day? I, I Nothing? Didn't. It, so it, it, it got the pads. Yeah, hey, I do one more thing about the, the touchdown. Did you save the football, and where is it right now? That football is at my house. Uh, when I scored that touchdown, I, I gave it directly to uh, Buck. Uh -huh. So it was coming back home with me anyway. Yeah, that's Bucky Buchanan, <laughs> the, the uh, Cowboys' longtime equipment manager. There is a trunk. There's an equipment trunk. There are several equipment trunks behind the uh, bench. And so uh, it's a good game when Bucky and Dylan and Mike are ha having to find space for all of the balls, Absolutely. all of Trayvon's interceptions and Michael Gallup's touchdowns all the commemorative, and the like. commemorative balls. Okay, questions from the audience. Go. What's your name, please? Good evening, Dorrance. This is Rambo. Congratulations on a great win yesterday. And, of course, today is Victory Monday. Victory Monday. And Rambo's victory wearing Monday. his Victory T-shirt, Cowboy Victory T-shirt. Thank you, Rambo. So my question is, how has the uh, locker room atmosphere changed compared to the game after Tampa? as compared to the game yesterday against Washington? Um, <clears throat> a lot of guys on this team are bought into what we're trying to do, and that's obviously win the ring. So um, after the game at the Tampa, we, we knew that you know, we didn't meet our expectations. But that was to come out there and get the win. So we had to come back the next week and uh, get the little things right to be able to get the win the second week. Hey, Doris, my name is Corey. Um, I can speak for most Cowboys fans that we're really excited about the defense this year. Um, it's been a long time since we had a great defense. But my question to you is, uh, what's one of the biggest lessons that you think you've learned um, under Dan Quinn? Ooh. Um. I, I feel like, you know, just, just the belief that comes with buying in and the confidence that comes with buying into what we're actually trying to do and how you need everybody to, to make that thing happen. Um, I, I never really felt the energy like that in, like until this year. This guy we got, this year we got a lot of guys that know what we're trying to do. You know, they got individual goals, but at the end of the day, we got a big team goal that we're trying to reach, and they put that ahead first. Oh, the lookout, this could be trouble for you right now. Who is the biggest trash talker on the team? Uh, the best question of the night. The best, what's your name? Steve. And how old are you? Nine. Best question of the night. Thank you very much. Do you really want to know that answer? Absolutely. You're not going to lie to her. <laughs> Micah Parsons. Got to be. Really? Got to be. Micah Parsons. Uh, more in practice or a game? It's, it's crazy because something... Something that he doesn't like happening to him has to happen to him in order for him to, like, start really talking. Um, like what would that be? Like a, a blocky, a chip block or something he doesn't like? Yeah, or? that or just a little extra push out to the play. He don't like that. Um, but, yeah, he, he'll, he'll definitely let you, let you have a mouthful of it. Well, you know, if, if, he, if he doesn't like it and then that kind of gets him off, does anybody ever think that maybe one of you guys if should push him from the back when he can't see who it is and 
then point to somebody in the other <laughs> uniform? <laughs> it, it would look like to see what he did to you. Yeah. No, that, sometimes that's what we feel like we need to do to him, but no, nah, it's, it's all love. Who, who's the best trash talker from another team? Ooh, another team. It's, it's usually one of the receivers. It's always an offensive guy. They're like yapping as they're going yeah. back to the huddle and you can overhear them? Yeah, or? it's usually always the receiver. Linemen don't talk much, right? No, they don't. Oh, linemen. They, they, don't they got nothing. nothing to say. They, yeah, they, they <laughs> literally don't say nothing. Their plate is full already. They don't need to motivate the defensive linemen any, anymore. So, All right, funny. so um, where do you we, – we've just got about a minute and a half left. Uh, you've got a three-game winning streak. First game wasn't good. Now you're on a three-game winning streak, still getting players back healthy. Where do you guys think you are? We're not even close to where we can be. Um, I, guys know that. Guys can feel that. And it's still early in the year. And with that being said, it's a lot of ball left to play. We only want to get better. Um, we're only going to get better. So, And we're only going to get guys back from, from being injured, too. So, hey, man, it, it's going to be scary. You, you had a great run last year. Mm-hmm. And it, then it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. What did all of that teach you? Just the, the attention, the details, because really we, we look at every game as the same. Basically, every game is a championship game. That's how we look at it now. Um, and when we go back and look at when we watched that 49ers game, it was so many small details that we messed up on that caused that, that we could have really done differently won that game. But um, now when we game plan and we make sure that we got our details down and that will help us win the game. All right, we'll write it down. October 3rd, Dorrance Armstrong said it's going to be scary. We're looking forward to scary. D.A., thank you, man. No problem. Great having you here. Thank you. We had Dorrance Armstrong. And uh, thanks to all of you. It's great to see everybody. We'll be back here again next Monday night at uh, Concrete Cowboy at Christy Scales. Thank you. It's, it's been, been extra special fun. Awesome, Brad. Thank Haley you. Sutton from DallasCowboys.com will be uh, with us next week. And uh, the Cowboys and the Rams at uh, 3.30 Central Time on Sunday. I'm Brad Sham. Thanks for joining us this evening at Concrete Cowboy on the Cowboys Hour. And the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!